0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen Today is the fourth Sunday of Tuba And we said the theme of this month is that The Lord Jesus came for the salvation of the whole world And in the Gospel of today is from John chapter 9 But before we discuss maybe chapter 9 Let's go to the end of chapter 8 And at the end of chapter 8 The Lord said something very bold he said, most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I, I am. And the Lord Jesus calling himself the, like the sacred name of God. This was like very problematic to the Jews. This was the name that when Moses asked God, what is your name? God responded, said, I am. And so now the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I am, I am God. And when the Lord said this, they took up stones to stone him. And as it's written in the gospel, it says they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and passed by. So the the Lord's like sort of escaping them. And on his way out of this little escape, it says that... He sees this blind man. And St. John Chrysostom, he says something very nice about this. He says, the Lord, he left the temple because the people were so angry. And he wanted to, like, damper their anger. But then he does this miracle to show them, I am. I am. And so to to make them believe. He wanted them to believe. He wanted them, he wanted to cast away their blindness. He wanted to show them that He is God. And that's the purpose of this miracle. Our Lord, the Good Shepherd, He goes after every lost sheep. And He desires to open the eyes of every blind man. And that's why the theme we said is desiring salvation for the world. Desiring salvation from the the world. And one thing that I love in this Gospel is that it says that as Jesus passed by, He saw the man who was blind from birth. And when the Gospel says that he saw the man, it doesn't mean he just kind of like glanced by it. It actually, like St. John Chrysostom says, he looked intently at the man. And when he looked intently at the man, I imagine that the Lord saw all the years of his anguish, all the years of his trouble, that this was a man who was born blind this was a man who was forsaken by even his own parents probably and he's sitting and has to beg and then he was forsaken again by his parents after the miracle So this is someone that had no one to care for him so when the lord looked at him it's as if the lord saw all of this all of this the blind man couldn't see but the lord saw everything the lord saw knew his life and this teaches us that the Lord sees our troubles. He sees our anguish. I love in the story of Abraham, there's a part where Hagar, she gets pregnant, and Sarah starts to treat Hagar very, like, rudely. And it got so bad. It must have been so, like, Sarah was, like, picking on her so much that Hagar decided i'm not staying here i can't stay here this is this woman is so mean to me she's rude she's making fun of me she's whatever i'm going to leave so she left and as she was in the wilderness i can imagine she's like a a pregnant woman walking away she has nothing she's just going to be by herself actually the lord appears to her And tells her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. And he says, you shall bear a son and you shall name him Ishmael. Because the Lord has, Ishmael. The Lord has heard, heard your affliction. The Lord has heard your affliction. And then Hagar goes and says two very beautiful things that that I, I really love. The first thing that she said, she gave a name to God. And the name that she gave to God was you are the God who You are the God who sees. You are the God who sees. She felt the love of God. And she felt that God cared about her and that God was protecting her. And she realized that God had a plan for her. she realized god had a plan for her that she had a purpose and i think the same thing could be said about this blind man the disciples asked who sent this man or his parents and then the lord said neither but that the works of god should be revealed in him the lord said i had a purpose for his affliction i have a purpose for his affliction and this is an important lesson for us that sometimes we put so much emphasis on why this and this and this is happening but maybe we should put more emphasis on God and what does God plan to do about this (laughs) Or where is God, like, how is God going to solve this affliction? Or why did He cause this affliction? What lesson is He trying to teach me? And I would see, like, imagine two people, they can sit there and argue forever about who caused this and who caused this and who, it's your fault and you didn't do this and you did, And you could go back and forth forever. Or you can learn from whatever and move on and move on and work together so it doesn't happen again. The God who sees He has a purpose. And I think the lesson for us is to try to see this purpose. Try to take the lesson from the affliction. Try to take the lesson. And stop thinking about what is like, causing distress or trying to point the finger. <laughs> you know, I remember like Job's friends for 40 chapters. Yeah, every chapter they're sitting there pointing fingers. It's because you sinned and because you did this and because you did this. and the, and, the, uh, and it turns out at the end, it wasn't because of job sinned. It wasn't because anything. it was just that the works, the glory of God should be revealed in Job. And so sometimes my struggles are not the result of sin. They can be, like David had a life of struggle after he committed adultery as a result of his sin. But sometimes my struggles are not the result of sin. They are for the glory of the glory of God. Blindness blindness can be for glory and that's why St. Paul in the Pauline epistle today he says who could think about this (laughs) how could you imagine that blindness that affliction how could a cross be glory how and that's why St. Paul he says "Oh, the depth and the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgment and his ways past finding out How did you take the Gentiles and then you took them and grafted them into the olive tree? How? This is beyond. How were they blind for generations and you plant them in? How? Beyond the wisdom of God. Or beyond the wisdom of man. This is the wisdom of God. So let us seek our edification. Let's seek His purpose. And this is what the true light reveals to us. The true light reveals His purpose. It's only through God that we can really open our eyes. And this is something very like problematic nowadays. Is that sin also promises to open the eyes. Sin promises to open the eyes. But only God can open the eyes of the blind. Remember the fall of mankind? What did the serpent say to Eve? The serpent said... For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be your eyes will be opened, but in actuality, sin does not open the eyes. Sin actually causes blindness. sin causes blindness. This reminds me of I think in flies, they fly, right, and they like light or mosquitoes or whatever, and actually like they have like program to follow the light and the stars and that's the way they navigate is the light gives navigation but sometimes when there's artificial light the artificial light distracts these dumb little creatures and then they go and they stay in the light and then they get trapped in the little and then you you look at your light and you see that there's a bunch of bugs trapped inside why is the bug trapped inside kida because it was drawn to something artificial, and they thought this was going to be nice and wonderful, but then I got trapped. And this is like exactly the sin, what it does to us it attracts us, and it, has, it glows, and it's ooh, and then we touch it, and then we get trapped in it, and then it causes blindness, it causes death, it causes all these bad things. So the key to this is not to be fooled by the artificial light. The artificial light. The things of this world that ensnare us. What's interesting though is that this opening of the eyes that happened to Adam and Eve, actually I feel like it did open their eyes, but not in the right way. Actually sin opens the eyes to my weaknesses. And actually, like when they sinned, they actually realize, oh man, I am naked. Were they not naked before the fall? They were naked. But when they sinned, their eyes were open and they saw their own nakedness. So sin, that is like it takes the light off of God and shines it back on ourselves. And we start becoming self-centered and we become focusing on ourselves and we start focusing in on our own insecurities and we see, wow, I'm so bad, I'm so ugly, I'm so this, I'm so fat, I'm not smart. And, I'm, uh, and then we start focusing the light like on ourselves and when we focus the light on our weaknesses, this is like despair. <laughs> So, Yanni, yeah, it did open the eyes, but not in the proper way. And this opening the eyes actually causes us to want to close our eyes and to run in a life of despair and sadness. But the true light actually gives like comfort, actually gives grace, actually gives like peace. And that's why when their eyes were open and they saw their nakedness, what did they do? They ran from God. They ran from God. When they when their eyes were open, they ran from God. And I feel like too many people these days are hiding from God because the light is shining on them. Like imagine on a stage and the, the focal point is on you where it shouldn't be on you, it should be on on God. The Pharisees, they liked the spotlights. On themselves, they were attracted to the artificial light. <laughs> and that's why when the Lord did this miracle and it was on the Sabbath, they said, "Hmm, Heathens broke the Sabbath. Hmm, He can't be a righteous one." He's... they didn't realize that this is the Lord of the Sabbath. That this is the Sabbath does just a nur like a little light, but there's something brighter. Than the Lord himself He is the Lord of the Sabbath And they were attracted to these little things They like they had too much pride They didn't want to listen They couldn't see the Lord Jesus Christ I wonder in our lives What artificial lights are blinding us What sins am I ashamed to admit That are preventing me from seeing the Lord in my life what sins am I scared to admit? What things am I trying to cover on my own that I don't want anyone to see? Today we want to focus on the true light, the true light. The second thing that Hagar said, going back to Hagar, the second thing that she said is amazing. I love this. She says, "Have I seen, have I also here seen him who sees me? Have I also here seen him who sees me?" And this is the gospel of today. The Lord saw the affliction of the man born blind. And he gave the blind man the opportunity to now see him. To see see the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why St. Augustine on his commentary on this. He said something very beautiful about this blind man. He said, see he has become a herald of grace. See he preaches the gospel endowed with sight he becomes a confessor and that's why i feel the end of this gospel is so important because after he was kicked out of the synagogue and after he said you know he is a prophet and they said we know this man is a sinner he said i don't know if he's a sinner or not one thing i know that god doesn't listen to sinners i was a man born blind and now i see and they kept he kept going on this but then he was kicked out and then the Lord went and visited him and found him and when the Lord found him he said do you believe in the Son of God and he answered who is he Lord that I may believe in him and Jesus said to him you have both seen him and he is the one who is talking to with you then he said Lord I believe and he worshiped him and this is the purpose of the miracle to make you a believer To make you a believer Receiving sight is nice And that's great But to become a believer in the Lord Is better Is better, And that's why This gospel is about Like True blindness is the one Who does not believe In the Lord Jesus Christ True blindness is the one Who does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ The true blind person Is the one who has no sense of direction, who doesn't know the path of righteousness. And that's why, I was was reading something from St. John Chrysostom this week. He says, when we have the enjoyments of heaven, when we have the enjoyments of heaven set before us, we are not willing to be separated from the things of the earth. But like worms, we turn back into the earth, like we're from the earth we turn about from the earth to the earth and in short we are not willing to look up even for a little while nor to withdraw ourselves from our human affairs this is blindness if you have heaven set before you and you choose the earth over heaven how would you when the choice is very clear which one you should choose But we always choose, or we not always, we don't always, we should not always, we should not choose the earth. I love this blind man because he didn't have a theological degree. He didn't have um, training. But he had faith because he had seen that the Lord had done things for him. And that was enough to withstand all the ridicule that he faced. And when the, the, they tried to start planting doubt in him, and saying, no, no, he's a sinner, he's a sinner. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know. I was blind, but now I see. He had tasted, he saw the Lord deal with him firsthand. So no one could convince him otherwise. No one could say, ah, oh, this is too much, ah, oh, you shouldn't do, no, ah, uh, no. No. I know what the Lord has done for me. So he became a great witness. I think that is like the importance of seeing the Lord firsthand. If you see the Lord firsthand, you will be the greatest witness. But if you are just relying on, my Sunday school told me this when I was, that's good. But you need to taste it for yourself. You need to believe it for yourself. And then you will be like this blind man. Who, who was able to withstand the, the ridicule of, of the Pharisees. The other thing that we see from this blind man is that when you speak the truth, the truth always divides. The truth has to divide. And it even says in the Gospel, there was a division. There were some who said, wow, this is a gr- like a great miracle has happened. And there were some who said, hmm, mm, no, he's not. The truth always brings division, always brings separation. So many people think, oh, the truth has to be something like attractive. And, and it, it does, it is very attractive. The truth by itself is attractive. But the truth by nature, it always separates. Those who believe in the truth and those who do not believe in the truth. And we see that in the gospel of today. I hope today we become convicted... That the Lord Jesus Christ, He came for our salvation. He came to take away my blindness. He came to take away my attachments to this earth so that we could be for heaven. And glory be to God forever. Amen.